Well, good afternoon, folk, and welcome to another edition of another exciting episode here on Looking Up on this glorious Wednesday afternoon here in Lake Macquarie. Sharissa, isn't it just a beaut day? It really is, actually. The sun is shining against those dark clouds. God is good. Absolutely. I'm sure the birds are singing and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't hear them, but I'm sure they're singing out there somewhere. And we've got Shell, our most amazing producer. (laughs) I have, I've never, ever come across another person called Shell who's just so awesome in producing a radio program. Amen. And she's the only one, she's the only Shell that I know, but she just does an amazing job. So welcome, Shell. Good to see you. You're all good, ready to go for another day? Yes, very good. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And what about you, Sharissa? Are you ready to roll? I think I am. Fantastic. So you had a good lunch? Yes, I have. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Sharissa loves Indian food. Just putting it out there, she loves Indian food. Although today it was banana bread. Banana bread? Wow. Well, when there's no Indian, then it's banana bread. Amen. Anyway, I'm I'm a I'm a wheat bix and oats and muesli man. So that's how I usually begin my day with um dry fruit, nuts, grains and has to be honey. <laughs> there has to be honey on my soy milk. So that's that's how I get up and going. So I hope and pray you have had a good start to the day and we are now into middle of the afternoon mm-hmm. and we are looking forward to another exciting Bible study in the book of Daniel. We've been journeying through the book of Daniel. Um, we, we looked at some, um, very important information in the book of Revelation that tied into the book of Daniel. And today we're going back into the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter eight. And we're going to have a wonderful study there. But before that, if you would like to contact us, if you've got a question or a comment, feel free. Our number is 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491 so this week, um, yeah, has been uh, another week that's gone by very quickly. This is the middle of the week, Wednesday, and it's, it's you know, it just flies by, and I'm not sure about you, but the next two, three days until Saturday go even quicker. Is mm-hmm. it? They will. And we, we had Mother's Day too on the weekend. Yes, we did. We did. So we're going to chat a little bit about that later on and just see um, what each person did on that day or didn't do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we hope and pray that you did have a, a good Mother's Day. Now, um, you may also have a prayer request. Feel free to share that. Um, and we would love to keep you in prayer. So that's that, that's all we have time for right now. We're going to um, enjoy a beautiful song from Chris Rupp, Just As I Am. I love this hymn. It's a beautiful hymn. So sit back and enjoy, and we'll be with you after this song. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed. God 
just as I am your love unknown as broken every wall and stone now to Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful song, Just As I Am. And, and really, that's the gospel, isn't it? It is. That we come to Jesus just as we are. He takes us. And the good news is he doesn't leave us as he finds us, but he transforms us by his grace more and more day by day. So if you're joining us, wherever you may be joining us around the country, or around the world, wherever it may be, we just want to give you a very warm welcome on this week's Looking Up program with Sharissa and Danny and our producer, Shell. And uh, it's been Mother's Day, as you pointed out, Sharissa, mm-hmm. on Sunday. So we'll start off with you. Oh, okay. um, what did you get up to on Mother's Day? Well, we ended up heading down to the Big Smoke, as you call it. That's yeah. where my mum lives, and we spent Mother's Day. We, we arrived Saturday night and spent all Sunday with her and had a big lunch. Fantastic. I think my dad thought it was Father's Day, too. He loved it so much. <laughs> so he got in on the act as well. Yeah, he enjoyed the lunch as well, yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and we surprised her with a few gifts. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. What, what about you? What do you do? Uh, well, before we get to me, your okay. um, your other half, Justin, his yes. mother's obviously yes. a long way away. So that's right too. I forgot about that. We um, what we did had you do a, for her? Just a phone call. Well, we actually got uh, we deferred our Mother's Day because she had a lot of family around. Oh, um, okay. And so we're going to have a Zoom dinner date this Friday. A Zoom dinner date. I've <laughs> yeah. never done one of those. So we're going to just have a video work? call and we each make a special meal and we'll eat it in front of each other on the Zoom and talk. Like It's like we're out at dinner. Hmm. <laughs> have you tried that shout like a Zoom? <laughs> Maybe I could convince my wife instead of like going out to dinner with me, we just do a Zoom dinner. Like, <laughs> do you when, think that would work? <laughs> when COVID was first starting, we did a couple of like morning teas yeah. with all the church ladies we'd get together on Zoom and everybody would just have a cup on and we'd just sit on Zoom and talk. Yeah. Ah, yeah, so that's 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 how we do things yeah. these days. Well, for the benefit of the listeners, the reason it's Zoom is because of COVID and um, my husband's mother lives in America, California, so it's the best we can do. Otherwise, so you, so you couldn't just you couldn't jump on your private jet and no. um, and head over. No, but we've sending her some surprises too. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah. That's very nice. Well, for me, um, yeah, I guess uh, sadly my mother is no longer around. Um, she passed away eighteen months ago from cancer mm. at the age of seventy. But I had the opportunity, um, you know, to reflect on her wonderful love and care and encouragement that she gave to me, you know, 
for almost you know 50 years of my life, really blessed to have a mother. And I know that there are many who haven't had a mother for that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends, one of my really, really good friends, best mate of mine, his mother died um, yeah, shortly after he turned 21. So he's been without his mother for that long. And I know that you know there are some that, I guess, never even get to know their mother. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mothers are very precious, mm-hmm. very, very precious. And yeah, it's good to be able to reflect on those memories and to encourage others to make the most of their time with their mums and their dads. Amen. I'm not sure about this um, Mother's Day, though, because I was thinking about like what the Bible says, and the Bible doesn't come up with like Mother's Day as such the way we have it, because that's only kind of like in the last hundred or so years. It promotes every day as a Mother's Day. Exactly, yeah, the, the commandment. The commandment says, honour thy mother and thy father, yeah. like every day. Yeah. I shared that with my... That's what my dad tells us. Yeah, that's what I shared that with my daughters. I'm like, um, you know that every day is Father's Day? And they're like, Dad, it's once a year. <laughs> I'm like, but not according to the Bible. <laughs> but anyway, what about you, Shell, my friend? Um, did your boys do anything for you on Mother's Day? Yeah, I had a great Mother's Day, one of my best. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lyle spoiled my rocket rotten. I got flowers and he did a big job that I'd been wanting done with my speakers. He had to crawl underneath the house and do a whole bunch of wiring and stuff. So he got that done for me for Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. which was a big task for him. And Harley, um, we had a Zoom sort of game together. And (laughs) Emery and his wife and us went out for dinner. So yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. And and Lyle attempted to make me breakfast and I assisted and made it. Yeah. Well, go Lyle. Go Lyle. At least, at least he's willing to attempt. I just, I just wouldn't be brave enough to even attempt something like that. It'll just ruin my wife's Mother's Day if I attempted to make her any food. So, um, but she doesn't eat breakfast anyway. She's not really a breakfast person, just yep. as well for me. So, anyways, um, okay. So that was great. And is your is your mother? Still alive, Shell? She is. I, oh. couldn't, I couldn't get a hold of her. She's on, in the uh, States as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I tried her twice. I tried her on my Mother's Day and I tried her on her Mother's Day because <laughs> it overlaps a little yeah. bit, but um, couldn't get her. So I actually only just got to mm. speak to her today. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wonderful, good. wonderful. Well, I hope and pray that all the mothers out there, um, yeah, had had a pleasant day. Some, some may not have, um, sadly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I bumped into one one woman um, last week before Mother's Day and she shared with me the very negative impact her mother has had on her life and uh, she's very much estranged from her mother. And that was really sad to hear mm-hmm. because my experience was anything but, you know, my experience was the complete opposite. You know, I, I can't say enough good things about my mother, whereas she struggled to say one good thing and um so yeah it's not always it's not always like that but yeah we need to pray that we can have happy and positive relationships with one another Mm. in family with friends and and that's what the kingdom of god will be all about positive happy relationships at peace with one another and with god amen now did you want to share something Sharissa, you've got your Bible open. I was just thinking for those who may struggle mm. uh, when it comes to Mother's Day or Father's Day and just a reminder for all of us that 
the love of God is so much greater than a mother's love mm. or a father's love. And just this verse comes to mind. Isaiah 49, verse 15, the Bible says that God says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Mm, it's a beautiful passage. I was memor- I was meditating on that mm. this, um, this, this last uh, weekend as well, that very verse. Mm. It's very powerful. And you know what? There, there's, there's a whole bunch of women out there who, for whatever reason, um, have not been able to have a child. Mm-hmm. They've wanted to have a child. They've wanted to be a mother desperately. But, yeah, sadly, they, 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 they haven't had that experience. And so we think of them at this time. And the good news is when Jesus comes, we're all going to be one big happy family. One big happy family. So we'll all be mothers, we'll all be fathers, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, we'll all be children of God. Amen. So, But in the meantime, yeah, we we think of you and we, yeah, pray for you. If you're hearing this and you're thinking, yeah, I would love to have had a Mother's Day, and but it hasn't hasn't happened yet. Mm. Anyway, so what's been happening um, sort of in the news, anything in particular that you want to? I have a story, but it's yeah. not a nice one. Do you oh. want to start? Do I, I feel like start? we've just been having some. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let me start. Um, well, here in Australia, we have just had our federal treasurer roll out the budget. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to talk about the budget, in case you're wondering, because you're about to switch off. I know some <laughs> of you are about to switch off and say, I did not come here to listen to the budget on looking up. So I don't want to talk about that, but... It was interesting, um, one of the messages that came through, and actually I didn't watch the budget, but I just, I just saw a brief news item regarding it and, you know, uh, the government hoping and praying that, you know, we would be able to do this and do that over the next 12 months and depending if the borders open, if the borders don't open and this and that. So basically the bottom line was, uh, the government based on its best guesses, is hoping for this and it's, and they put a, a budget accordingly based on, you know, what their hopes are for the next 12 months. And I was, th- as I was thinking about that, you know, uh, we, we have no idea when, when the entire vaccine mm-hmm. will be rolled out to every single Australian who wants to take it. We don't have any idea when we'll be able to travel overseas again. All these things they're saying, we don't have any idea. We don't have any idea. We don't have any idea. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And I couldn't help but compare that to the word of God. The sure word of prophecy, you know, First mm-hmm. Peter um, chapter 1 that speaks of the sure word of prophecy and where Jesus says, and I have told you these things, mm-hmm. when they do come to pass, not when they might, but when they do come to pass, that you may believe. Amen. And so the Bible and prophecy is so sure, it's so, you know, it's so secure, it's so certain, mm-hmm. it's so certain. And I love what Daniel said. You know, to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter two, you know, uh, the, the prophecy is sure. Mm-hmm. It is certain. It's not a hope so faith. It might, it's not a, I might be no. faith. It's I know. No, no, there, there, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing, there's nothing hoping about it. It's, mm. it's certain. It's sure. So yeah, so that was really great. Amen. All right. On to you. All right. Well, I'll tell the story, but I, I want to finish with a positive spin on it because there is hope. In Jesus. But yeah, just on the weekend, on Mother's Day, sadly, a friend who I met in the Solomons, and I think you may have encountered him too, because we were talking, you've also mm. been to the Solomon Islands, a young man, 29 year old, Raziv. Um, he was, he's a 
very, he works in aviation over there. He's an engineer. He's very involved in the Adventist church in Honiara in the Solomon Islands. But yeah, he was helping with the church fundraiser Sunday afternoon. He was heating up some pots of food in the backyard of one of the church aunties under the mango tree and a bomb went off. And it just so happened that beneath that, um, fire where they were cooking like there was a bomb from world war ii that was lying there dormant for years of all places and so it was just tragic story for you know he's he died on the way to the hospital and there's uh, other young people that were not too far and they're now missing you know Mm. fingers and limbs and things like this um just terrible terrible story could have happened to any one of us Mm. on a trip or anybody you know but just a reminder this world is a tragic place, mm. and it's not our final home. And it's really when you hear stories like this, you just want to look up because looking at what's around us isn't that good right now. Yeah, that's but, um, yeah, yeah that, that's I'll, a tragic story, and that's why looking up is the only way. Yeah, the only way to be. And there is yeah, there, there's sin and suffering and sorrow, mm-hmm. and that's why God um, did all He possibly could to warn Adam and Eve not to depart. From his love and from his care and keeping, but sadly they ventured onto the enemy's turf, and and ever since then we have been experiencing bombs exploding, yeah. like in one way or another yeah. in our lives. And so, but the good news is, he's not going to have the final word. The enemy won't have the final word. That's right. The good news is that Jesus has the final word. Amen. And so we're looking forward to that blessed day mm-hmm. when Jesus comes, when the heavens part and the trumpet sounds mm-hmm. and God will usher in a new world where there'll be no more sorrow, suffering and sadness. And my dear friends, if you are listening and you have, you know, your own bombs going off in your life, uh, whether it be in your marriage, uh, whether it be in regards to your finances, whether it be with your work, whether it be with your health, whether it be with your friendships, whatever it may be, look up because mm. Jesus is the only one that can provide uh, not only the, the solution in the, in the beyond, but in the here and now. That's right. And so, so keep looking up, holding on. And as you pointed out earlier in that beautiful scripture, you know, even a mother, mm-hmm. even a mother may forget her child, but God will never, ever forget us. Amen. And it goes on in that scripture. It says, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Mm-hmm. And so that is why we will never be forgotten mm-hmm. because Jesus will forever have our scars. Well, his, well, yeah, the scars caused by our sins mm. on his hands. And so each and every day he looks at those scars and he remembers us and mm. his love for us. So just keep hanging on, my dear friends. We're almost home. I really do believe we're almost home. You know, this world, um, the things that are happening around us, you know, that we see on the news, uh, the those, those events that Jesus described in particular in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, the signs of his coming, the things we see taking place in Daniel and Revelation are telling us that Jesus coming is very, very near, even at the doors. And so end time events are, are coming thick and fast and they are converging. That's mm-hmm. the word that I use. They are converging and we are drawing very close to the coming of Jesus. And it really makes us really see why the Bible says that today, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time for us to walk with the mm. Lord, to make sure our lives are surrendered to Him because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know. We don't know. Today is the day. That's right. 
We have a beautiful song that's going to lead us into the news this afternoon from McReese. He knows my name. We've been talking about that. Fantastic. That's why she's our best producer ever. Thank you, Shell. He knows my name. Sit back and enjoy.
FM has a brand new live show each weekday morning straight after the breakfast show called Tassie Encounters. Tune in for fascinating discussions of history, science, faith and personal encounters with Jesus. Tassie Encounters, live every weekday straight after the breakfast show on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see you there.
Welcome back to Looking Up. You are here with Sharissa, Danny, and our producer, Shell. Welcome back. Hope you are doing well on this Wednesday afternoon or wherever you are and whatever day or time it may be when you are listening to this message because we have podcasts, Sharissa. So we sure do. Yeah, so each and every episode after we have um, finished airing live, it goes to our podcast. And that can be found at the Faith FM website. So in case you're wondering how to get there, it's faithfm.com.au. That's faithfm.com.au. And uh, click on the Podcasts tab. And there, as you scroll down, not far from the top, you'll come across Looking Up. Don't look any further. Don't look down. Don't look down. No, <laughs> don't look down. <laughs> don't look down any further. And, uh, yeah, so you can, you can tap on, um, yeah, the looking up, what, what do you call those things? Looking up tab? Yep, yeah. Do. Looking up tab. <laughs> <laughs> and there you'll find all our previous episodes. And the reason why I share that is because we've been journeying through the book of Daniel. We started off in Daniel chapter one. Today we're looking at Daniel chapter eight. So if you'd like to catch up on any of the previous episodes, feel free to do that, um, on our, on our podcast. So, Sharissa, Daniel chapter 8, it's a very powerful chapter that builds on what we have looked at thus far. And that's why we find these um, stories, these prophecies in the book of Daniel build one on top of the other. Now, we have already looked at uh, the first prophecy, the first major prophecy in the book of Daniel, which is in Daniel chapter 2, mm-hmm. where God, through the image dream that he gave to King Nebuchadnezzar, that Daniel then interpreted for the king, um, he outlined the history of the kingdoms of the then known world from the days of Nebuchadnezzar all the way through to our days. So it's, it's, it's fascinating because the, the prophecy begins with um, King Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom of Babylon. And then as you take a look at the area that was um, uh, ruled over by the next kingdom, which was the Medes and the Persians, it's larger. Then Greece was larger still. And then you have Rome, which followed Greece, which is even larger. And then the dream continues. It continues with the, you know, the division of Europe and then ultimately the, the coming of Jesus. Oh, yeah. The coming of Jesus and, uh, where Jesus doesn't fill only Western Europe or mm. even all of Europe or even all of Asia and all of Europe, or even all of Asia and Africa and all of Europe, the then known world. But God's kingdom, that rock cut out without hands, the Bible says, fills the whole earth. So you see see this progression in that dream. Yes. Isn't that powerful? Yes. But right before that grand ending, there's a little horn. There is a little horn, yeah. And that's in Daniel chapter 7. Yeah. So then we go to Daniel chapter 7. So tell us briefly, Daniel chapter 7 builds on Daniel chapter 2, but instead of having metals and a metal man, what do we have there? So in Daniel chapter 7, 
we have again the repeating of the same empires, but this time they're represented by beasts coming up out of the sea, and they're crazy kind of beasts. There's a lion with eagle's wings, followed by a bear raised up on one side with three ribs in his mouth, and then there's a leopard with four heads and four wings, and then this terrible-looking dragon-like beast that's got iron teeth representing Rome. I mean, it's just representing the same things, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece. With ten horns. Yeah, yeah with ten horns. And then as he's looking at that ten-horned beast, which he doesn't have a word for, it's just nondescript, can't describe it, he sees a little horn coming up. Mm. Little horn uproots three as it comes mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it does some pretty big things. Yeah. It blasphemes God. It persecutes the people of God. It tries to change God's law. And then Daniel sees the scene change and he sees a judgment taking place in heaven. This is all in Daniel yep, yep, chapter yep, yep. 7. Very good summary so far. Continue. So far. Okay. Continue. But... Um, as the, as Daniel's looking at this judgment scene, he sees that the little horn will not have its power forever, mm. and it comes to an end. So God's kingdom is challenged by a temporary power. Mm. And then at the end of chapter 7, it says, um, it says that God's kingdom comes, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. So it's got a happy ending. So it ends where Daniel 2 ends, yeah, in the same place. So, yes. so we have this principle of repeat and enlarge. Yes. Repeat and enlarge, where, where God repeats the prophecy, but he enlarges on it, and he, he, he looks at some other features that are very specific to that particular prophecy. So in Daniel chapter 2, we just have the simply the, the history of, of the then known world leading up to the coming of Jesus. In Daniel chapter 7, we have more the, the, the political struggles leading up to this political religious power that arises. Mm-hmm. And now in Daniel chapter 8, we once again have this dream, but now God, now God chooses a couple of very different animals, not these yeah. strange, well, yeah, unclean beasts. No wild um, animals. No wild animals. These are very tame animals, and these these animals are associated with the sanctuary services. Mm-hmm. So now God is directing our attention to the sanctuary, to the message of salvation. So that's what we're going to be looking at. We don't want to go any further in our, in our description because now we're in Daniel chapter eight. So we've been to Daniel two, Daniel seven, now Daniel chapter eight. And Daniel chapter eight and Daniel chapter nine are together. So that's, they're together. And then we have the, the final phase, Daniel chapter 10 to 12, which we're going to look at as we go a little later. All right. So let's start reading. And, um, even though I've brought my glasses, I remember I've been telling people I can't see very well, which yeah. I really can't actually brought my glasses so I can see, um, the text a lot better. But I'm going to invite you, Sharissa. All right. To read verses one and two. All right. Shall I pray quickly? Yeah, good idea. Thank you. Dear Lord, as we read your word, please help us to understand. Send your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Daniel chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time. I saw in the vision, and it so happened while I was looking, that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river Uli. Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and there, standing beside the river, was a ram, which had two horns, and the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. Okay, fantastic. All right, so where is Daniel here? He's by a river. He's by a river, in vision, 
okay. by a river. Now, I've had the opportunity to go to this very place, Charissa. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the city or the citadel of Shushan today is modern-day Susa, mm-hmm. and that's in Iran. And the tomb of Daniel is there. That's, wow. There are three places where the tomb of Daniel supposedly is, <laughs> uh, but this is probably the most likely place because, oh, wow. because Daniel served during the Medo-Persian Empire. And so, yeah, we had the opportunity back in 2019. Where are we now? We're 21. Well, obviously, it wasn't last year. Um, but, yeah, it was 2019. Wow. I had the opportunity of going to Iran. So that was very exciting. And, uh, yeah, we went to, we went to, yeah, the, the city of Susa as mm. part of our journey there in Iran. And there also we have Esther. Mm-hmm. Esther, yeah, she was in this very place in Susa during the Medo-Persian Empire, as well as Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer for the king, um, during the, during the reign of the Persians. So it's a very famous city. Mm. And uh, so this is this is where this is all taking place. Now it's interesting here that we have Daniel here describing this ram. Now this ram is described um, two horns with two horns, but one is higher. One is higher than the other. Okay. Now that the previous two prophecies began with the kingdom of Babylon. Yeah. Right. Whereas this prophecy actually doesn't begin with Babylon. Mm-hmm. It begins with the next empire. And so here in Daniel chapter 8, we have, we have uh, a description, well, well, we have an identification, I should say, of who this ram is. So if you go to Daniel chapter 8, and if you go to verse 20, Daniel 8 verse 20, you can read it there, because the, the first half of Daniel chapter 8 is the vision. The second half is the interpretation. And so we're going to go through that. So if you have a look at verse 20, it tells us who the ram is. The ram which he saw having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. Okay, nice and simple. Yeah, straightforward. Well, the question is, why doesn't God begin with Babylon here? Yeah, good question. Could it be because the starting point of every timeline prophecy is always where the prophet is? Yes. So the starting point of this prophecy is not in the time of the Babylonian Empire, mm-hmm. but it's in the time of the Medo-Persian Empire. So Empire uh, Babylon's come and gone. No, well, it hasn't come and gone because um, oh, it's fading. It's fading. It's fading. Yeah. Here, Daniel says he is. Um, he's, he's received this vision during the reign of Belshazzar in his third year. Yes. So, so he, it's almost coming to an end. The, the Persians and the Medes are on the march mm-hmm. through King Cyrus. Well, yeah, Cyrus, the, yeah, the commander of the Medo-Persian army. And they're on the march and they're sweeping down on Babylon. So Babylon's days are numbered. So God begins here with with Medo-Persia, also from from that point of for, for that reason, also, but for the main reason that you pointed out, because as we'll discover, the prophecy begins in with with Medo-Persia. Mm-hmm. All right, so and it, it makes sense too, because in Daniel chapter seven, with that bear that was raised up on one side, this was Medo-Persia there. So this right. one's got a horn that's that's right, higher. and it comes up, yeah. So, but the the higher one comes up second, mm-hmm. 
And that's exactly how it was. We refer to it as the Medo-Persian Empire. Like mm-hmm. Darius in Daniel chapter 6, he was a Mede. Mm-hmm. Darius the Mede. But the Persians were younger, but they were stronger. Yes. So they eventually were the ones leading the charge in this coalition. And uh, today, today the, the kingdom of Medo-Persia is simply known as the Persian Empire. Okay. And guess who the modern day Persians are today? You might have to help me. The Iranians. Uh, yeah. I'm related to people from there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Well, Justin's dad grew up in Iran. Oh, yeah. did he? Yeah. In Iran. He's Armenian, but from Iran. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. I've got an interesting story to tell you um, from Iran in a little bit. So oh, hopefully okay. I won't forget. So you make sure you remind, remind me if you. I forget. Yep. Um now we have yeah so so we've got so we've got um the Persians taking over and in fact we even went to the tomb of Cyrus king well Alexander the Great he's the one that discovered uh the tomb of Cyrus and it's there in in Iran in a in a place called um Pasagrande or something like that I probably just butchered that completely mm-hmm. um yeah Pasagarde sorry Pasagarde <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's where Cyrus's tomb is. And we, we continue reading because there is uh, another kingdom on the scene and another animal that comes forth. So do you want to read now from, um, well, continue reading. I think you've finished in verse 3. If you want to read verse 4 all the way through to verse 8. Sure. The Bible says, I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward, so that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing beside the river and ran at him with furious power. Keep going. Did you go to verse 8? Sorry. Then I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram and broke his horns, his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Verse Mm 8. Therefore the male goat grew very great when he became strong. The large horn was broken, and in place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. Okay, alright. So there's a lot of information here. Mm -hmm. So let's just take a look at this. Firstly, we end verse 4 so, yeah, at the end of verse 4, it says this ram that we've identified as the Medo-Persian Empire, as you pointed out in Daniel 7, it's this bear that is raised up on one side that has three ribs in its mouth, and they were the three kingdoms mm-hmm. that, that, the, that the Medes and the Persians conquered on their way to conquering Babylon, and one of them was, was Babylon. I think it was Babylon, Egypt, and Lydia. Is that right? I think that were the three, was it? Sounds good. Some, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they conquered those. And so you have, you have this uh, kingdom described as great. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then you have this next kingdom. Okay. Um, a goat with one horn, with one horn, um, in the middle of its head. And it's referred to as very great. Very great. Yeah. Now there's a few interesting items here. Firstly, it has, it has between its eyes this notable horn. Now, who would that be? I mean, what, what, what kingdom followed the Medes and the Persians? 
It has to be Greece. That's Greece. And who is its notable leader? Was Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. And so you have then. Then from this, you have how many horns? Four. Four horns. And what does that remind you of in Daniel oh, seven? There were four heads on that. Four heads on that leopard beast, beast which yeah. represented the which four repre- generals. The four generals. When Alexander died, because he didn't right. have a son. And the kingdom was divided into four. That's right. The Greek kingdom was divided, or the Greco-Macedonian kingdom was divided into four mm-hmm. after Alexander the Great died. And we're gonna we're gonna look at some more of those details when we come back because there's some more exciting stuff to look at in Daniel chapter eight as we journey through it. But in the meantime, I want to encourage you to sit back and listen to this beautiful song from Sella, "Standing on the Promises." And- Storms of doubt and fear assail by the living. 
Amen. Welcome back. Standing on the promises of God, Sharissa. Praise the Lord. We can do that. Amen. Yes, and that was Sela. That was Sela. 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 <laughs> Not Stella. Not st- <laughs> but, uh, but it was a Stella song. It was. You got to say it was just powerful. Very, very powerful. So we're in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 8, we are journeying through this incredible prophecy that God has given to us where the focus is the sanctuary, as we'll discover, the plan of salvation. That's what our focus is in this particular chapter of Daniel chapter 8. And so we've discovered that the Medo-Persian Empire is described as great mm-hmm. and uh, and God here describes as it fans out. In order to conquer, it goes out west and north and south. And then we have a new kingdom coming onto the scene, and it's a goat that that is flying. (laughs) It's not even touching the ground. Mm -hmm. It's flying. And this describes Alexander the Great and the speed at which he conquered the then-known world. Do you know how many years it only took him to conquer the then-known world? Was it 32? No, 10 years. From the age of 23... Mm -hmm. When he took over from his father to 33, he wasn't quite 33 mm-hmm. when he conquered the then known world. And I'm talking like a massive piece of territory, huge piece of territory. If you Google um, and you know, take a look at the map of how much Alexander the Great conquered, he went all the way to the east coast of India. Yeah, from, from, from Babylon, Medo Persia in the Middle East all the way through to East India, you know, mm-hmm. um, with his soldiers. He never lost a battle, not one. Wow. And, uh, but he lost the battle against alcohol. And that's how he sadly died in the city of Babylon. And so we have, and we have just as the Bible says that his kingdom would be divided into four. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And so we have, we have his kingdom divided um, into Macedonia, Pergamum, Egypt, and Syria. They are the four horns that came out of Alexander the Great. Now, I told you I was going to tell you a story. Yeah. When I was in um, Iran in 2009 visiting, uh, the tour guide, she was really switched on and um, yeah, she was sharing with us uh, this, that, and the other. And, um, and when she found out I was from Macedonian background, she goes, oh! <gasps> Your Macedonian background, we don't like Macedonians here. And I'm like, why? She's like, well, see all these ruins? They're from Alexander the Great. He came through because when he came through Iran, um, yeah, he ruined a lot of their temples. And, uh, you know, just that, that's just what they did back then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, but I'm a good Macedonian. I'm not like that. And so she laughed and, um, but it was, yeah, it was sort of, it was sort of tongue in cheek. It wasn't anything too exciting, but, but yeah, she said, um, yeah, the history goes way back. And, um, yeah, the Alexander the Great, you know, from the Greco Macedonian Empire, he came through Iran. And so there is, there's evidence of that everywhere. And I mean, he's the one that discovered the tomb of Cyrus. Mm. It's a simple tomb, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, he honored that tomb. He didn't desecrate. The tomb of Cyrus because he, he, he respected him as a mighty general and mm. Cyrus was. He was probably the most famous and, and successful, um, Persian general. Mm. Uh, so Alexander, I guess, like he's, he's a, he's a good guy. He mm. knew what he was doing. So we need to honor and respect his tomb. I yeah. love hearing these stories. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I was, I was, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to come out of Iran alive or if they were going to lock me up. 
And, um, but yeah, it's a beautiful country, by the way. Iran is a beautiful country. You know, the news sadly has, um, portrayed, you know, especially our Western media has portrayed Iran in a very negative way because the Americans obviously are not very excited about the Iranians. Mm-hmm. You know, they side with the Israelis and the Israelis can't stand the Iranians and, you know, this whole political, um, you know, fiasco that goes on. However, the Iranian people are very hospitable. Uh, they're very beautiful. Um, as far as, um, yeah, they're just, they're just very respectful, mm-hmm. very respectful. They're very much closed off to the rest of the world through sanctions and so forth, but they're, they're very, they're, yeah, and they're very godly people. They're very godly people. They're, uh, they're, like I said, they're respectful. They're humble. Um, they're just lovely people. And, uh, yeah, they, they really respect the book of Daniel, I found. Mm. Because Daniel is considered um, by Islam to be one of its most sacred prophets. Wow. So, the, well, the tomb of Daniel is there in Susa, as we pointed out earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hmm. very interesting. Very valuable knowledge you have. Very interesting. Yes, it was, it was great to be able to go there. So, all right, so now we, we have Greece um, and the division of Greece. Um Coming to an end, and <laughs> excuse me, and now in verse nine, if you want to continue reading, the prophecy continues. All right. So just till verse. Yeah, yeah just verse nine. Just read verse nine. And out of one of them, that is one of the four winds. winds yeah, one of the four winds of heaven. Yeah. Um, out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. Okay, so. The next kingdom, so out of one of these horns or out of one of these directions mm-hmm. comes the next empire. Mm-hmm. And where would that be? Who was the next empire after Greece? Rome. Rome. And where did Rome come from? Uh, in, 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 um, in relation to where the Medo-Persian empire was, was, um, based and where their central government was in the Middle East. So where's Rome? It's west. Yes. West. Yes. It's, so so they come from the West. Yep. I shouldn't ask directional no. questions of, of women. Maths and no. not my thing. No. So, um, so, so Rome comes from the West. Yeah. And notice the, the kingdom of Rome is described as exceedingly great. Mm. There's, a, there's a trend here. It's going yeah. from great... Very great, exceedingly great. And what did we say earlier about the amount of territory? Yeah, very. Babylon had was smallish, bigger, 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 bigger. Exactly, exactly. So it's expanding. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is speaking of of the horizontal Mm -hmm. political power of Rome, pagan Rome, or political Rome. But now. The prophecy transitions because we know in Daniel chapter 7, as you pointed out earlier, we've got the four beasts, mm-hmm. okay, and then the, the division mm-hmm. of the Roman Empire. But then, like you said, there's a little horn that comes up, which mm-hmm. is, which gets all the airtime after that in Daniel chapter 7. And it challenges God's throne. And it challenges God's throne. The there's a judgment and so on and so forth. So now we have right. a little horn transitioning from a political horizontal power mm. to a religious vertical power. This makes total sense. It does. And it'll make sense to everyone listening when they hear the next verse. Absolutely. All right. So do you want to read now from verses um, 10 yep. all the way through to verse 12, and then we'll unpack it as we go. Okay. And it grew up 
to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth down to the ground, and he did all this and prospered. Wow. Okay, so so what do you have in here, Sharissa? What are, so what are some horn, key points here? The horn's growing up. So it grows up to heaven. Yep, to the host um, of heaven. And it casts down some of the hosts. So it seems like it's, uh, and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. It seems like it's a persecuting power. Yes, very much so. Um, he exalts himself as high as the prince of the host, which has to be Jesus. That is Jesus, yes. Yeah. Um, and talking about the daily here too. So this okay. is sanctuary talk. This is sanctuary talk. So so the daily um so this is speaking of the sacrificial system or all the items and the truths concerning uh the sanctuary services. So everything that took place um day by day on the the weekly sabbath all the way through. So basically this power attacks God's sanctuary. And that's all pointing to Jesus. That's all pointing to Jesus because in in Exodus chapter 25 and verse 8, uh, God told Moses, let them build me or make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. Mm. So the sanctuary, the sanctuary is how we discover the plan of salvation, mm-hmm. God's love. And we're going to, you know, we're going to demonstrate that as, as we go along. And in fact, um, I was looking at another scripture in Psalm 77, verse 13. It says, David writes, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great? Sorry, who who is so great a God as our God? Amen. So the sanctuary is the plan of salvation. So this power attacks the truth about God's salvation. That's very serious, isn't it? Is there anything more serious than that? I don't, I don't no, there isn't any, anything more serious than that. And so it's interesting, as we, as we read the text and as we take a look, um, we, we discover that, that this power, as you pointed out, is, de, is um, attacking the prince of the host. Mm-hmm. And you know, to give a scripture regarding the prince of the host, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, there's a prophecy concerning Jesus Christ there. Mm. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and I'm not sure if you're there. Are you there? Have you got it? Yes. Do you want to read that? For unto us, I've heard this in handles. <laughs> mm-hmm. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There you go. So we have the Prince of Peace. This is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So this power is attacking Jesus Christ and the entire plan of salvation. Now, there's so much more to it as we as we go along. Um, and after this next break, we're going to be taking a look at what the Apostle Paul has to say regarding this power. Mm, can't wait. Because the Apostle Paul was told by God that this power would be coming. We're going to maybe tap into Daniel chapter 7 and take a look at this power as well as it's described there and how it wars against God and his people and God's truth. And then we're going to come to a conclusion who this power is. So we're moving from pagan Rome Mm -hmm. to the next phase 
of the Roman Empire. And this is where it gets very, very interesting. So, folk, sit back. Um, we are now getting into the thick of this Bible study. We have got the really exciting stuff to come. And so, in the meantime, enjoy this beautiful song from 3ABN Music in the Sanctuary, the message that we are looking at right now.
song in the sanctuary it is a beautiful song that whole album is just one of my favorites one of my favorites all the songs on that album are just so powerful aren't they oh they are they share present truth yes for this time to prepare people for the coming of jesus well folk uh, welcome back to looking up and we're in daniel chapter eight and we're about halfway through this study sharissa uh, what a study. It is a pretty amazing study. And um, so we've been looking through uh, this chapter and discovering that God here is using different animals, animals that were in the sanctuary or used for the sanctuary services, clean animals, a, a goat and a ram, mm-hmm. and uh, how how there's a power that's going to arise after pagan Rome that will seek to challenge God's throne, God's truth, God's sanctuary, God's plan of salvation, and attack God's people. Yes. And so there's only one power that came onto the scene after the, after the breakup and the fall of the pagan Roman Empire that filled the vacuum that the Caesars left behind in Rome and all of Western Europe, and that was a religio-political power which Charissa was, who did we discover back when we looked at Daniel 7? The Papal Rome. Yep, the Church of Rome. <laughs> yep. The Church of Rome, yeah. So the Roman Church State or, or the Roman Papacy, mm-hmm. uh, it's referred to in many different ways, or the Medieval Church, the Medieval Christian Church of the Dark Ages, as it is sometimes referred to or simply as the Roman Catholic Church. Roman Church state system? Yeah, that's right, because it's a political and it's a religious system. Mm-hmm. So the Bible is very clear on that. We looked at that in Daniel chapter 7. And once again, we just need to put it out there that God here is not, he's not here down on individuals, Charissa, mm-hmm. who are part of the Church of Rome. That's right. You know, there is over, uh, there's over a billion individuals at the moment on earth that claim um, the Roman Catholic Church 
faith as their faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are practicing, they're very uh, religious, and whereas probably the majority of them, I would say, especially here in the Western world, are just simply, you know, on name. You know, they're Roman Catholic because that's what they are. You know, that's what their parents, grandparents, and so on and so forth, where they're kind of nominal, we could say. But God here is not speaking of, of individuals. He's talking about a system, a system that seeks to take away from the prerogatives that belong to God. Mm-hmm. And the one uh, chief prerogative is worship. And we've discovered in the book of Revelation, we've looked at that, uh, the, the, the key issue at the end of time is worship. The key issue all the way through was worship. Lucifer became Satan because he wanted to receive worship that belongs to God. And he wanted to go what? Higher, higher, higher. We're he told wanted him. to be God. He wanted to be like God in Isaiah 14. I will be like the most Exactly. High. So he wants to go up, up, up. And what does this power do? What did we discover? This, this it little grows up. Power. It grows up. It grows up. Okay. So it's doing the same thing. It's growing up. So this is that, this is that, mm. um, Luciferian, you know, spirit of mm. seeking that which belongs to God. And in second Thessalonians chapter two, verses three and four, um, we have the apostle Paul describing this power. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses three and four. And if you get there, um, very soon, you can read it. No, you're there, you're there, you're there. I, I, I just love how Sharissa reads because her eyes work a lot better than mine. Thanks, Sharissa. All right. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Okay, once again, can you see the sanctuary language coming through here? I can. The temple of God, worship. That's all part of the sanctuary services. So here is this power that Paul describes in the first century AD, and he refers to this power as the man of sin, and sin is lawlessness, going against God's law. And we discovered in Daniel 7.25 that this little horn power attacks God's times and his laws. Mm -hmm. As well, Paul refers to this power as the son of perdition. And we discovered last time that there is only one other time that phrase son of perdition occurs in the New Testament, and Jesus himself uses it in reference to who? Judas. To Judas, and he was from the inside. Mm -hmm. And he betrayed Jesus Christ from the inside. So Paul is saying that in God's church Mm -hmm. that began pure and true in the first century would, would come to a point where it would betray Jesus Christ, just as Judas betrayed Jesus Christ, so too, sadly, the Christian church would betray Jesus Christ. And that's why we have the Reformation Mm -hmm. come through. That's why we have today Protestants. Mm -hmm. What's a Protestant? A protest. A protester. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where the word comes from. Protestants. Someone who protesters. Mm. Someone protesters. Someone (laughs) who protests. um, Yeah. the, the, The unbiblical teachings that came into the Christian church. And that's really where all the denominations that's we exactly see around right. us, different churches yeah, come from. That's back exactly from that history. That's right. So once upon a time there was only one church mm-hmm. and today there are, you know, hundreds, thousands of churches because they come from they come from the Church of Rome. And mm-hmm. They branched out of there. The Lutherans, the Methodists, the Baptists, Presbyterians. And so, Presbyterians and Salvation Army and the list goes on and on and on. Now it's it's fascinating that the sanctuary here is being attacked. Mm-hmm. Now we talked about the sanctuary and 
as, uh, I guess, a kindergarten lesson on the plan of salvation. Now, it's interesting, the sanctuary is really made up of three different areas. Yes, courtyard, holy place, most holy place. Okay, so the three different areas. You have in the courtyard what what um, what articles of furniture? Yeah, the altar burnt offering. Yeah, and the laver. And the laver. Okay, so as you walk in through the one door, that's right. Okay, Jesus is the door. Amen. And you walk into that altar of sacrifice. What does that represent the in cross. the plan of salvation? Yeah, the cross, where Jesus becomes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, as John the Baptist put it. And then, so when someone gives their heart and life to Christ, they accept his sacrifice on their behalf and they make a decision, they want to follow Jesus Christ, where do they need to go to next? To baptism. To baptism, yes, the laver. <laughs> yeah. The laver, the water, the laver, and that's where the priests washed their hands and their feet before they went into the into the tabernacle, mm-hmm. the holy place, and once a year into the most holy place, which we're going to get to. And so that symbolizes the believer's acceptance of the sacrifice of Christ and publicly declaring that they want to belong to Jesus through water baptism, full immersion baptism. Amen. Okay, so that's what God has given us. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you move into the holy place and we've got, Three items there. What are they, and what are the, what does it all mean? So there was a table of showbread with two stacks of six loaves on it. Then there was um, right as you look straight in ahead of you, there was the altar of incense. That's right. And then opposite the table of showbread on the south side of the tabernacle was so on the left hand side as the you, left hand as yep. you're looking forward. Yep. On the left hand side, there was the seven branch colon candlestick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what did that represent? Well, I'll start with the bread. Yeah, show start bread. off with the bread. So um, that's representative of the Bible, of the Word of God. Um, he sa- he is the bread of life as Jesus well. Jesus said that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also then in front of you, you've got the altar of incense, and there's a re- verse, I think it's in Revelation 8, but it's talking about the incense of the prayers of the saints. Mm-hmm. So prayer and how our prayers are sent to heaven with the incense of the merits of Jesus and yes. his righteousness. And then there's that um, the candlesticks, which, the basis for the light is the oil mm-hmm. of uh, the Holy Spirit. So witnessing and sharing your faith with others, that could be pictured there. But there's so much more. Than and who's the light of the world? Jesus is the Jesus light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Absolutely. And um, and so we have also uh, Jesus Christ as our intercessor. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the book of Hebrews, you know, he is our intercessor. We, we don't go to a man, but we go to Christ. And, um, and it, in fact, it's probably worth reading these scriptures in the book of Hebrews before we go to the most holy place. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. So if you're listening and you've got your Bibles open, I'd invite you to go with us to Hebrews chapter 8. And if you want to read verses 1 to 6, and here it speaks of Jesus Christ as our heavenly high priest. Right Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who 
serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mount. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Wow. Jesus is better. <laughs> Jesus is better, and he's established a better covenant. That's why he said, this is the covenant mm-hmm. of my blood. You know, this, this grape juice, this bread represents the covenant of, of what I'm going to be doing for you. This is the new covenant experience in Christ. He fulfilled all those sanctuary services that pointed to him. And then finally, um, we go into the most holy place. And what do we have there? There was just one article of furniture, and it was the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and what did that contain? I had a number of things, but I mostly... What was the chief item? The chief item. item was the Ten Commandments, mm. written in stone Yeah, by God. By God's finger. And we also have the the manna, a pot of manna mm-hmm. that represented God's provision for mm-hmm. his children um, in the wilderness. And we have Aaron's bud. A- Sorry, Aaron's, Aaron's rod. rod that budded. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Aaron's bud? <laughs> Aaron's buddy. No, he was Aaron's buddy. He wasn't in there. Um, it was Aaron's rod that budded. Yeah. yeah, that's why I've got you here, Sharice. Yeah. And that's why. Well, you can't say that I'm very helpful to you. <laughs> <laughs> you are helpful to me <laughs> at times. Once, once in a blue moon. Um, and so we have. So we have. This was the plan of salvation, right? And it's fascinating when you take a look at these items of furniture. They all line up like a cross. Mm. They line up like a cross. So you've got your altar of sacrifice, the the laver. Mm-hmm. You've got the the altar of incense and the prayers and the Ten Commandments and the Ark of the Covenant all lined up in a straight line. Mm-hmm. And to the left hand side is the is the seven branch candlestick. To the right hand side is the table of showbread. And so when you take a look at the the geography, if I could call it that, of the sanctuary. When you take a look at how these items were placed in the sanctuary from the courtyard to the most, to the holy place to the most, they're placed in the form of a cross. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and it's interesting because there's six, six items. We've gone through them. Six items. But God's number is what? Seven. Seven. So what's the seventh? Jesus. Yes. The high priest. <laughs> mm. Jesus is our high priest. And so we have... He's the lamb and he's the high priest. Yeah, he is. He's the king and he's the priest. Mm. He's Melchizedek, Mm -hmm. according to, you know, uh, the book of Hebrews, who has no beginning and no ending. And it's fascinating as we take a look at this and what this little horn power did. It, it, it threw this truth to the ground. You know, sadly, the, the, the church of the dark ages, the Roman church state, um, you know, no longer you know, was was the merits of Jesus, uh, the central focus, but you had to pay for your salvation. You know, there were indulgences that crept into the church and so on and so forth. Um, and obviously Martin Luther, you know, protested against that, and that's where we have, you know, the, the, the Reformation bursting forth. Then instead of uh, adult baptism, individuals have made a choice um, based on truth, based on reason. Babies are being baptized and they're not even being baptized fully by immersion. They're being sprinkled. Mm-hmm. And then instead of, you know, Jesus Christ as our high priest and going to him in prayer, mm-hmm. as the Bible says, you go to your priest and you confess your sins to the priest who then goes on your behalf to God. And that's not what the Bible teaches. And then you have the bread, you know, symbolizing the word of God. And the church of Rome did not encourage people to have the Bible. In fact, if you had a Bible during the Dark Ages, you could be killed. You could be, you know, set alight. 
and um, burnt at the burn at the stake, so to speak. Then we have the Holy Spirit, mm. you know, and witnessing, and people and people just did not have the scriptures, and they were not able to witness. And obviously, you have the Ten Commandments, and sadly, you know, the day of worship was changed from the seventh day to the first day of the week. Not to mention, you know, um, some of the other commandments that that were also, um, yeah. Done away with and abandoned. So this power replaces everything that points to Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's salvation. So that's the thing. And then at the end of verse 12, you have verses 13 and 14. And we're going to get to that after this break because Daniel asks, how on, how long is this thing going to continue to be? And so we're going to take a look at what the question is in verses 13 and 14 and then the answer. So sit back and, uh, and listen to the news and some music and we'll be back. I saw there was no ramp. Sounded like music in my ear. Understanding of the difference between celiac and intolerant. Signs of the Times Radio on Faith FM. Check your schedules for airing times or listen to past episodes on the podcast page at faithfm.com.au. Myself at a wrong 
Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song by Mercy Me, Word of God Speak. We are in the final leg of our Bible study. Time flies. It does (laughs) It does fly by. We've got an hour's worth of Bible study and um, unpacking the text. And we're in that last, yeah, I guess. Home run now. The the home stretch. stretch. We're in the home stretch, down the 100 meters. Mm. Now, We finished off by taking a look at um, this uh, little horn power or, sadly, um, the Roman church state and how it um, impacted negatively on God's truth, in particular the plan of salvation, the sanctuary. We've gone through that. Mm -hmm. Then Daniel here hears two beings asking a question, a very important question. So if you want to read Daniel 8, verses 13 and 14. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? 
And he said to me, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Okay, wow. So here Daniel is told that the truth will be downtrodden for 2,300 days. Now, is this talking about 2,300 literal days, Sharissa? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because we've been talking about a ram and a goat that is symbolic, so the time must be symbolic too. And then uh, a horn that yes. arises yes. from the ram, which was yes. Rome, and then a little horn power, yes. which is the next. So we're talking like... Symbols. Symbols, and so we, because we're talking about hundreds, thousands of years. Good point. In time. And it begins during the time of the Medo-Persian Empire. Mm-hmm. So here we're told 2,300 years. Now, we're not told when it begins. No. That's next week's study, Can't which wait. we will take a look <laughs> at. But here we discover that at this particular period in history, at the end of this period, 2,300 years, then the sanctuary will be cleansed or truth will be restored. Mm. That's what the word literally means, you know, that the truth about the sanctuary will be restored. And it's interesting also that the that the cleansing of the sanctuary took place one day every year. Mm-hmm. It was called Yom Kippur um, in the Hebrew or the Day of Judgment. Or the Day of Atonement. Yes. And you can read about that in Leviticus chapter 16. Now, we don't have a lot of time to get into this, but basically uh, uh, a short summary of it is that for 359 days of the year, they had, you know, 12 months of 30 days, so 360-day year, 360 year. Mm-hmm. For every day... Um, uh, in the year, people would uh, come and bring their sacrifices and the priest would offer the sacrifice um, on behalf of the individual and so on and so forth and that the blood from the sacrifice would, would go into the holy place. Mm-hmm. So that would happen for 359 days of the year. And then on the Day of Atonement, this one day when all the children had to, all the children of Israel had to fast and pray, cleanse themselves, purify themselves, um, ensure that no sin was left um, in their lives. They would then the there would be two goats that would be chosen, two goats that would be chosen, two uh, you know spotless goats, and one goat would be killed, mm-hmm. and that would be the Lord's goat. And the blood from that goat would go into the holy place uh, and then like on the altar of incense, it'd be sprinkled and then the high priest would go into the most holy place where mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments are at the Ark of the Covenant and he'd sprinkle some blood there on the Ark of the Covenant. He would come out after he's done that. So basically all the sins of the people have gone into not only the holy place, but the most holy place, mm-hmm. which is a symbol of God's throne, then the high priest would take that blood out and, um, you know, the remainder of the blood. Then what would happen is he would then uh, put his hand on the other goat, which is called a scapegoat yes. or a zazel, and he would confess all of the sins from the sanctuary he would place them on that scapegoat. Mm. So it's not like this goat paid the price because the previous goat did. That's the previous goat represented Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus Christ paid the penalty for sin. But who was the instigator for sin? Satan. Satan. So Satan represents this live goat where all the sins have been placed from the sanctuary onto his head. He was then led away by a fit. 
man, man into a, the wilderness. Into the wilderness, a three day journey, and the goat would be left to die there. Now you may be thinking that's very cruel, very sad, and it is for that poor goat, but that illustrated and demonstrated that ultimately Satan will one day have all the sins of the world placed on him as the chief instigator of sin, mm. and he would, during that 1,000 year period, he would be here on this earth with his angels and there wouldn't be anyone around, no one alive. All the redeemed will be in heaven and sadly those that have chosen not to be saved will be will be uh will will will, will be dead here on this earth. Mm-hmm. So that's a short summary of it. That was a good summary. Yeah. Did I miss out anything? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> so so that is what that is what um the sanctuary cleansing day was all about. Mm. It was the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It was an exciting time and a an ex- solemn time. Yeah, it was a very exciting and solemn time because this is this was basically the 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 high well the the apex you could say of the Hebrew calendar and their worship experience where all the sins were taken out of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. They were now clean. They were now and you know what? That was the sixth festival the seventh festival was the festival of tabernacles or booths, and that was celebrating. Mm-hmm. So what happens when Jesus comes? What are we going to do next? We're going to have a big celebration. Exactly. And guess what? We are now in the Day of Atonement. Yeah. We're going to discover when that began. Yeah. Not today. We're not going to give that away. We're going to discover that next week because the prophecy in Daniel 9 yes. pinpoints that. But we are now living in the Day of Judgment. And Revelation fourteen seven says, you know, for fear God, give Lord, for the hour of his judgment has, has come. come. So there is a time when God's people will be preaching this judgment, our message. We are in that final phase. The sanctuary is being cleansed. And the next event is what we're looking up is for. Is the coming of Jesus. Yeah, Amen. the coming of Jesus. So, so let's keep reading. Um, in the next few minutes, while we have, let's, let's finish reading this chapter and discover a few other important things. So if you want to continue reading from verse 15 onwards, and we'll go, we'll hopefully get through to the end of the chapter. All right. So the Bible continues. Then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Okay. Very important. So this is the vision. It refers to the time of the end, in particular, the cleansing of the sanctuary, because this is the part that is not really interpreted by the angel here. But mm-hmm. keep reading. Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and stood me upright, and he said, Look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of the indignation, for at the appointed time of time the end shall be. The ram which you saw, having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia, and the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. As for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. Okay, we've looked at that. That was Medo, Persia, and Greece, and they're both here identified by name. Yeah. 200 years before the kingdom of Greece comes onto the scene, God says it's going to be Greece 200 years ahead of time. This is amazing. This is like God cross-checking everything that we've been talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Airtight. Yeah. 
And keep going. All right, verse 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors shall, uh, sorry, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features who understand sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Okay, this here is speaking of pagan Rome. Definitely, it's it's destroying people. Exactly. uh, Persecuting power. It is a persecuting, and that's what Rome was. Rome, pagan Rome, persecuted the Christians to begin with. But now there's a transition. Yes. Verse 25. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to rule under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes. Uh-huh. But he shall be broken without human means. Okay, let's just pause there. So what do we have here? We have further description here of this of this little horn power that starts off pagan, mm-hmm. pagan Rome, and then transitions to papal Rome mm-hmm. and seeks to seeks to obscure everything about Jesus that we wars, learn in the sanctuary. Yeah, absolutely. Wars against against the prince of the host. And here, here he's described as the prince of princes. Mm. But I love that word. He shall be what? Broken without human means. Oh, what does this remind you of, Sharissa? God is in control. But what, is is what did you think of? Daniel 2. Oh, yeah. It just hit me. <laughs> that, that rock that is cut out yeah, without what? Without human hands. Without human means. Yeah. Can you see the connection there? Yes, I can. And in Daniel chapter 7, you read it earlier, the saints of the kingdom of God inherit. Mm. So it comes to an end. In fact, read that again. That was very powerful. You shared that earlier. So this is where we, I'm telling you, the Bible prophecy is the ultimate jigsaw puzzle. (laughs) You won't get anywhere near anything as exciting as a Bible prophecy jigsaw puzzle, which we're doing right now. So true. So you wanted me to to read read, uh, Daniel 7? Yeah, read from verse, uh, what was it, 27? Seven, yeah. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey Him. Wow. So here we have um, a description in Daniel chapter 8 of this power that will be destroyed by God at his coming. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul said, the man of sin, mm. the son of perdition, as you continue to read Second Thessalonians chapter 2, will be destroyed by the brightness of his coming. So this power, papal Rome, will continue all the way through to the coming of Jesus. Revelation 13 tells us that it receives a deadly wound which marks the beginning of the time of the end, and we've discovered that in the past was 1798. So between 1798 and the second coming of Jesus, the judgment begins. Wow. That's right there this in the a, sequence. We're living, this is an amazing time to be alive. And we it? are living well and truly beyond 1798. Yeah, we are. But we're not at the second coming. So we must be in that time. So we are in the time of the judgment as we will discover next, next week. week. Now, do you want to read verse? Uh, the last verse? We're up to verse 27. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, 26. No, sorry, sorry, 26, yeah. And the vision of the evenings and mornings, which was told, is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. Okay, wow. So what's what's the angel Gabriel telling Daniel? 
this vision concerning the evenings and the mornings, which well, the is 2, the 2,300 days, which are literally translated evenings and mornings. Yep, or prophetic years. Yeah, your years. Yep. When is it for specifically? It's for the future. It's for the future. Seal it up mm. until the time of the end. Seal it up for it refers to many days. And then verse... Uh, 27. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward I arose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. Notice he isn't given the understanding of when this period begins. He doesn't know. He knows it goes for 2,300 years and this period ends before Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. So the sanctuary will be cleansed, will be restored. The truths of salvation will be restored before Jesus comes. But he doesn't know when the beginning is and so we don't know when the end is here in Daniel 8. But guess what? In Daniel chapter 9, we have the answer to the beginning and when Jesus Christ comes onto the scene Mm. and when... The judgment begins. It's all there in Daniel chapter 9. So these two chapters work together. So, folk, that's all we have for you for today. I hope you've enjoyed this Bible study. We've gone through it in rapid fire. Uh, but next week we're going to continue, and Sharissa is going to lead the charge, and I'm so looking forward to that. So Daniel chapter 9 next week. So thank you for joining us. We're going to come back in just a little bit with our giveaway. But in the meantime, sit back and listen to Peter, Paul, and Mary early in the morning, and we'll be with you shortly. So don't go away. Lord, help me find a way, help me find a way, find a way. to the promised land, the promised land. this lonely body, body. needs a helping hand. Come, find the world in shame When the trumpet blows Won't you call my name, won't you call my name When the thunder rolls and the heavens rain When the sun turns black Never shine again, never shine again When the trumpet blows Won't you call me please, call my name Wow, that was a very happy song. If you're Sharissa? falling asleep before, you're awake now. You are definitely awake. <laughs> what a way to bring our bring our program to an end. And Shell just chooses the most amazing songs, doesn't she? she? Does. At the appropriate time. She does. Fantastic, <laughs> Shell. If you could only help me, Shell. Um, <laughs> but anyway, well, maybe one day. Who knows? Anyway, folk, we are at the end of yet another Looking Up program. I hope and pray you've been blessed as we've journeyed through the book of Daniel. And in a nutshell, in a nutshell, the book of Daniel, chapter 8, is a call to come to Jesus and accept him as our Lord and Savior and High Priest. Sharissa, Mm -hmm. that in a nutshell is what Daniel chapter 8 is all about, to open our hearts to him, to accept his mercy, his grace and forgiveness, his salvation. That's a very important nutshell. 
Absolutely. So that's what that's what this chapter was all about. And I hope and pray you were blessed. Now, Sharissa, we have a giveaway as always. We yes. have a giveaway to our first listener that will call in or text us. And what is it? And um, what are the numbers? Well, as um, you just mentioned, Danny, this is such an important study, the study of the book of Daniel. It's teaching us about Jesus and salvation and uh, the future and all that it entails. And so we have an exciting free offer for the first person to call or text us. It's called The Prophecies of Daniel Made Simple by Seth P. And it's a really useful um, piece of literature. It's a useful book. Um, it's all about, Daniel, what we've been studying, and it'll take you deeper and further. So if you would like to get your free copy, you have to be the first one to call us or text us, and you can do this on 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And I love the I love the title. Daniel made simple. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Daniel we, that's how we want to keep. Yeah, we want to keep it simple. I want yeah. a simple Simon, so we need to keep everything simple. <laughs> now, Sharissa, um, I think it's going to be time for us to pray for our listeners, as as always, and just pray that the Lord will bless them. It's been great to have them join us. So why don't you why don't you lead us in prayer and then we'll have a few closing thoughts and, and that'll be it for looking up for another week. All right, let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for the book of Daniel and for the way it shines light on the past, the present and what is ahead. Lord, we pray that as we have studied this book that you would help us to continue to study, to learn more about Jesus and more about your truth. I pray you bless each one of our listeners wherever they are and may you continue to bless us in this program too as we study the book of Daniel. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sharissa. And folk, yes, we are we are now moving into the back end of the book of Daniel, and there is an exciting prophecy next week. Daniel chapter nine, Daniel chapter eight. You can't understand Daniel chapter eight without Daniel nine. So this is a two parter. This is a two parter, well and truly. So you need to be tuning in next week when we unpack Daniel chapter nine, which will connect us with Daniel chapter eight and the whole plan of salvation. And guess what? Jesus is at the center. Of Amen. Daniel chapter 9. Well, Jesus was at the center of Daniel chapter 8. It's probably the most Christ-centered chapter in the book of it Daniel is, next It week. is, it is, it is. And this chapter, actually, there's a curse mm. that's been placed by many Jewish rabbis right. on the person who who reads this chapter. And you're going to discover why next week. You can't miss it. You can't miss it. So, folk, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you have been blessed. Um, we certainly have as we've been journeying through the book of Daniel. Just a reminder that the Drive Time show is... Um, uh, continuing on from where we leave off. So don't leave us. Don't go anywhere. You're going to be blessed by the Drive Time Show all the way from South Australia. Yay to all our <laughs> South Australian listeners. You're looking forward to your own um, taking up the reins in just a little bit. We've been blessed to have you join us, my dear friends. So wherever you are, hope and pray that you have a blessed rest of the week and may the Lord lead you. May you continue to keep looking up for fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith keeps looking what? Up. Keeps looking up. So God bless you and have a great rest of the week. And thanks for joining us. Amen. God bless. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea. His 
His love is always there for me. 